back, fuck. That's what we should call this episode. We be back, we fuck. We be back, fuck. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. Oh, man. Dude, so check this shit out. Okay. Did I tell you what? I was, okay. I was saving this story till now. But, uh, so, um, <laughs> I almost became a two millionaire today. <laughs> well, you're still a millionaire. <laughs> Even though you have two, okay. All right, You know, you know that sh- you know that that card game, uh, Magic the Gathering. <laughs> Do I know Magic? Okay, yeah, I'm okay. aware of it. I don't play it. Okay, okay. So they're doing this thing where um, they're doing a thing where the Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. they're doing an expansion. I'm also aware of that. Okay, you sure you heard of these two <laughs> yeah, giant conglomerations yeah, yeah, yeah. coming together? Okay. I'm aware. So they're coming together. They're making these these card sets for of Lord of the Rings into Magic Gathering. In that, like a crossover? Yeah. That's badass. In that set, they are making, you know, the ring that's in the movie. <laughs> oh, Lord of the Rings, right? <laughs> the titular ring. Yeah, exactly. Okay, got it. Okay, so it's a card that does, you know, whatever the card does in the game. So they're making a version that's like playable in the text that you can read. And then they make then they made another one where it's in the text of the language of whatever the Lord of the Rings crap they elf, elf or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> Elvin or whatever. Oh, I'm not that yeah, kind okay. of nerd, but okay. it's that language. But here's the catch. They only made one card. Oh, shit. So it's one of one. Whoa. One ring to rule them all. <laughs> but anyway, people are speculating. One that- card to suck my balls. Exactly. <laughs> but people have said that this card is going to be worth like $2 million plus dollars. Okay. And I'm at work. Me and my coworker, we each buy a pack because we went to Target for some reason. I don't know why. Because that's how bored we were at work. We each buy a pack. And I open it. I'm like, I see the ring. No and I'm way. like, holy no shit, way. am I a fucking millionaire? And it was just the fucking regular you dumb playable English one. I was like, I could almost quit my job. <laughs> well, later. Could you imagine yeah. being able to quit your fucking job? For a fucking playing card? I, so- I sold my Lord of the Rings whatever for you. Exactly. Anyway, did we say hello? Anyway, welcome to Mustard and a Ketchup Packet. Episode four. We are, episode four. How uh, you doing, Nathan? Doing good. good. Another day, another dollar. <laughs> it could have been two million dollars. It could have been two fucking million dollars. <laughs> Shit. Anyway, this podcast is about our crappy band Noise Brigade the last ten years and everything about it. You know what I'm Both talking butt about? Butt cheeks and everything. That's right. Exactly. Hundred <laughs> percent. Everything in between. Uh, yeah. A couple announcements. I think by the time this episode comes out, we would have announced our return show. The re-return of. And by return show, I mean just we show we, we haven't played in the last three fucking years. Yeah. Over three years. Almost four. Yep. Depending on who you ask. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, Just time doesn't exist. Exactly. So if you're in the Portland area, it's August 18th at Manawakulta. It's all ages. So bring your kids. Any age from zero to fucking can get in the door. <laughs> yeah, bring hearing protection. Bring, yeah, obviously be safe. Yep. Tickets are eighteen dollars in advance, twenty at the door. We have our friends who are friends. <laughs> <laughs> you should just insert the names afterwards. Yeah, yeah. yeah we got our friends all hype playing. Um, our friends fawn, but by the time this has probably come out, they have changed their name. So I don't know what it's going to be. If you're listening to the future, you can use your own judgment. <laughs> And some other friends who, yeah. at this time, I'm waiting for a confirmation. <laughs> but it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a good time. It's gonna be a blast. It's, it's gonna, gonna be a blowout. It's gonna, yeah, I have all this merch from our previous tours that I haven't sold. It's gonna be really cheap. We bought a bunch of shirts for uh, the the tour that we were gonna go on right before COVID happened, and we did, could not sell a single one because the tour got canceled. Exactly. So I'm gonna sell it all here. That was a dark time. 
It was a uh, it was sun it was sun sun summertime. <laughs> we'll get there. Yeah, but yeah, uh, that's fifteen episodes from <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, August eighteenth, Manoculta, come on down. And if you're listening to this in the past and it's already like not August eighteenth, twenty twenty three, then uh, send me an email and tell me how it went. Future Nathan and Doug, um, I'm really interested to know how it, how it goes. Dude, that that's crazy, right? I, I hope I meet somebody that can do that, right? They we, should be a two million. We are making our own time capsule right now. Fuck, that's badass. That's so crazy. And also, Noise Brigade, Noise underscore Brigade. Look us up on Google, all our social, Spotify. It's all there if you're interested. But that's we're not about that right now. Yeah. We're about that now for the juicy juice. <laughs> yeah, now we're going deep into the butthole of the band. Where did we leave off? Uh, we left off, I believe, with our, Hudson Records. It was yeah. We, that that saga is over. Yes, yeah. We just concluded. Started. Done. Done. Don't want to think about it yeah. anymore. If you want to listen to it again, listen to episode three. Yeah. Why would we go back? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you got Spotify. So today we're going to be talking about um, still some of our first shows and our first EP. Yes. And the shows revolving around that. We got some shows. I uh, the, the recording process for this EP was very interesting. I can't wait to get into that. Yes. But let's start with some of our first shows. So, do you remember our first show when I was there? It was Coots. It was. And guess what? I have the date. Uh, <laughs> oh. oh. Let's check this out. This is it was October, right? No. Oh, I was wrong. Here, we'll play a game. You you keep guessing. I'll tell you if you're oh, right. Well, I got, I got 11 more. I'm going to get there. <laughs> <laughs> was it November? No. Was it December? Yes. Yes! <laughs> I knew it! <laughs> it was December 12th, 2010. Wow. My first show with you guys. That's amazing. And I love Facebook memories. It's so That's like, the only thing Facebook's it, good yeah, for. Facebook's good for anything. It's just going back and seeing how crappy and cringy we were back in the day. <laughs> oh, we were cringy. But here's the, for many reasons. Here's the post I made in uh, December 12th, 2010 after the show. Doug breaks a string. <laughs> Calvin bled. And we messed up so much, and we made it sound like it was part of the song. <laughs> Did we really do that? Did we really I, make it sound like it was part of the song? I do remember you breaking a string. Oh, first note. I do first fucking note. And <laughs> I remember after your, we played the first song, you stopped. Like, you keep asking, does anybody have a guitar? Ah, and, and nobody, did I really do that? Yeah, nobody, nobody gave you nobody a guitar. Nobody gave me a fucking guitar. We played, dude, we played an E standard. Somebody had to have a guitar. Well, nobody, nobody did. Nobody did. And then, you know what? That's okay. Either nobody did or they all just fucking ignored you because it was really awkward and it was kind of funny at the same time. Oh, it was hilarious. Yes. First note of the first song. That's and right. to make it even worse, the song we played first sucked. That's true. And <laughs> we'll get into song. that later. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what else do I remember from that show? Uh, Calvin Bleeding, as I mm-hmm. mentioned. In, uh, yes, I remember um, his entire snare was just covered in blood after the show. So sick. So. Um, what else? Oh, um, when we played, uh, I forgot what the song was. I think it was Could Have Been. Uh-huh. You couldn't play the solo. Because I was missing a string. You were missing a string, and you pointed to me right before. Rip like, a solo! Rip a solo, and i pretty sure I did not nail that at all. Dude, I wonder if there's any footy of this. I don't know. Mm, uh, probably not. But yeah, it was, uh, it was all right. I had a good time, if I remember okay. correctly. I didn't walk away from it going, that sucked ass. Why am I in this band now? Yeah. I, yeah First I show? Yeah. I'm so glad that you didn't bail. I'm glad. that I'm, <laughs> I mean, I'm disappointed that I didn't bail. Yeah. Yeah. How different our lives would have been if you did if you bailed after that first. We wouldn't be doing this right now. <laughs> I could I could almost guarantee you we would not be doing this. <laughs> yeah, I uh, blew it. I blew it pretty bad. Yes, um, but, and that was back when I just played guitar. So like, <laughs> it wasn't like now where I'm uh, one of the two lead singers where I could like always like as well sing. Yeah, I couldn't even do that for sure. Uh, what else do I remember? Um, I think as we discussed before. 
Um, like I said, the alcohol laws in Alaska were very strict, so we each had to bring a mommy or a daddy. My dad was there, and it was cool. It was cool. My parents, it, that was the beginning when my mom was very, uh, she was okay with it. My, it's so funny. Your guys' parents were so supportive. They really were. And then my parent. 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 My dad passed away when I was um, uh, 15. So pretty much my mom through high school. And uh, we're getting a little better over the years. But growing up, uh, kind of had a, didn't, well, we weren't on the greatest of terms. Yeah, a tumultuous relationship. Yes. And getting, trying to convince her to come to some of those shows were uh, not the easiest. That's a hard time, especially when you're a teenager. It is. And you're just. And they don't understand what makes you happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and unfortunately, my mom did not understand at the time. Luckily now, we are working on the relationship, so I'm seeing where that goes. So shout out to therapy. But I just remember the Shout time. out mom real quick. Right. Yeah, that's right. One time. Yes. But uh, at the time, I think, but that was one of the shows where she, oh, I don't remember much um, stress her coming for that show. Yeah. I do remember one show in There particular. was one show, and we'll I get to that, this. which yeah. is a very big part of our thing. Yeah. But uh, yeah, and then we played the show. Um, we did mess up a lot. I do remember that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think... Calvin kept dropping sticks, if I remember correctly. Mm. If I'm not mistaken, not kept. I, well, maybe I'm maybe exaggerating a bit. But I know there were a couple of times where he. I know he. Dro- I knew he dropped a stick. Um, and then ob- obviously you not being able. I can only imagine you breaking a string, put your entire guitar out of tune. Oh, dude. So I can only off. imagine that it probably sound like shit from the outside. And it was debatable whether or not I had a tuner back then. I'm pretty sure I probably. I know I have one on my on my multi effects. Sorry, I'm all the well, all the way away from the mic. Um, I'm pretty sure I have one on like my multi effects, but like. Just like if anybody that's if anybody's listening that hasn't played a show, when somebody fucks up, especially when you're like new at playing shows and you don't know how to like recover like that, it can it can throw the vibe off. Yes, severely. I don't remember the vibe being off that bad. I just uh, I remember like I said, I think like I said in the Facebook post, we just kind of went with it. You have to get good at you. You have to get good at knowing it's five people trying to play together and it's going to be fucked up no matter what no yeah. matter how perfect you claim to be or any band i think the foo fighters even said that in a documentary like it's going to be fucked up no matter what yeah so you either need to embrace it or keep practicing yeah <laughs> and you, you know you can practice so much and be so tight musically but like playing a show there are like there are so many variables enter the chat exactly. when that happens you know and like you just kind of have to roll with it because like even the moisture in the venue because like i'm pretty yes. sure that's, that's yes. probably why calvin was dropping sticks because like he's just sweating more it's like it's you know things are lubricated. that can fuck with all that can also fuck with your voice depending totally yeah you know there's I mean, like, i've had shows to where we've played and i'll try to play sing some of those high notes and i just completely just fuck it up <laughs> yeah, there's a dude there's a thousand million factors yes. two million even that's why you practice as much as you can mm-hmm. to make sure you don't fuck it up as much as you can yeah as redundant as that sounded and but uh you know the, the more you, also you need to be able to open up and that, that there might be problems and yeah. you must um roll with the punches as they say because you know that it's, in the, it's inevitable that's right thank you as so i much. sit here and make these punching motions in front of you and that's something that's a that's a that we're, i don't want to get too off topic but that's a skill that you can build as as a band over your career like just learning how to accept that mistakes are going to happen yes and you just have to learn and how to then roll with if it. you know the more then the easier they come yeah 
Yeah, and I think we have a lot of examples of that down the road. For the most part, there's only, there's a certain set, like there's an, only a certain amount of things that can go wrong. That's true. You know what I mean? Like, and there's only a certain amount of things that can't go right. No, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, great show. I don't remember much more than that. And I always love playing at Coots. That's true. I like I said. I think like as we mentioned in the last episode. Two great. They had two awesome stages, and like I said, it was the place where if you were a medium-sized band and you were going to be on tour, this is where you would play. Mm. Great sound, great stage, accommodated very well. When I turned twenty-one, and we, actually when we all turned twenty-one, man, we played, we played there a lot. Yeah, and <clears throat> I like I said in the last episode, we played there a lot when we were underage, which is crazy and to think about. Yes, and like I said, I I really believe we were the only band for a while that was able to do that because we just followed the rules. <laughs> Pretty good, please. That's right. <laughs> I I don't I like my stinky little poo poo. I may be stinky, but I follow the <laughs> <Yeah>. rules. <laughs> but yeah, uh, but yeah. So who did we play with? Do you who remember? did we play with? I feel like probably the Hoons. I think you played that before me. That was the maybe show that before. was our first show. At, like before you, but yeah. our first, our first, first yeah, your first show. show yeah, you. it was your second coot show. My first show with right. the band. In general. I don't remember who was who else was on that. Well, like I said, we had to fucking leave. So it doesn't. Yeah, you I, know, it's I, funny. I look back at that time, but I wish I had that uh, privilege now because you know nowadays you have to stay for everything. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I support the bands. <laughs> but again, but we're so old now. I, by the time this Here's air, my cake. Yo, I'm by the time this airs, I'm going to be 30, dude. That's right. I'm too tired. I'm going to say this now. Now that we're in post-COVID, four bands mask, Mac, mask, max, max, four bands max, mm-hmm. Over by ten. Start the show at six. Over by ten. We made we made a big deal. We're just getting so off topic right now. That's okay. Um, it all ties in. Yeah, we made a big deal when we were booking this return show that like we want to the show to be over like before too late. Like when initially we planned on ten. But yeah, but, the, but then they bit. said it was a little bit. So that's fine. Which but, is understandable. Which is fine. But I'm not. A, I'm not. A, I just play the, guitar. Yeah, so but here's know. the thing. We tired. We tired. We tired. We got to go home and sleep. We got shit to do. Mm-hmm. I can't stand there in the back cr- cr- folding my arms. With your thumb for, in your ass. Yeah, for four hours that long anymore, you know? Hitting Unless the, the band's chat. really good. Yeah, which they will be. Yeah, all the bands that are playing are really good. We have a badass lineup. It's going to be sick. I just have one more I'm confirming, and if it's confirmed, I'm sure the next episode will be confirmed. But it will be badass. So sick. That was terrible. I don't know. I just wanted to get really... Okay, whatever. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> All right. So I just want to reminisce. Anyway. Our, reminisce at our first show. All right. Let's get into our first EP Okay, as a band. Okay. So I'm. do you remember... So I don't remember the search for a Cordy studio. I felt like that kind of took place during the Hudson Record thing. That's That, that sounds right. I, th- I remember we... I, I was still in high school. I was a senior. Um... I think I don't remember how the connection was made, but we. I do. I do remember there was like you guys took a. Few, there was a long while to search for a studio mm-hmm. and someone to like mix, uh, engineer, and produce it or whatever. Because that was that was like a goal that we wanted. We wanted to record at a studio, and there yeah. was not a lot to choose from in Alaska. There was. Um, there was surreal, which was like that's like the like the gold that's standard, true. and it still is like that's yeah, like the that's one. Like, that's like that's. If I'm having, I don't know what the studio scene right now. Studio scene. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the studios are like in Anchorage right now. Yeah. But from my, from at the time, that was the nicest place. Yeah, but it was, it was expensive. It was expensive. And we like, it's good that we didn't record there. I think because like they had, like Kurt had such nice gear that it would have just amplified how much we sucked even more. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so, but we did record there eventually, and we it did. did amplify how much we sucked. And then. we we re-recorded a song that we did on this EP there. And that's right. 
but it was better at this. It was better, but still not a good song in general. The song fucking sucked. That song sucked so bad. We'll get there. Okay, we'll get there. We're, we're getting okay, 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 sorry, okay, sorry. Sorry. I just get so excited when I, I get talk so shit about that song. Sick, I get so excited talking shit about myself. I hate that fucking song. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I remember um, also um, you guys were going to you guys went to that church to to see if you were on record there with the uh, the Saturday Sleeper guy. Oh, Aaron. Yeah. yeah. Um, I remember. I would. I uh, looking back in hindsight, I really wish you guys we would have decided there. I think. I wish. We, I, I don't. I don't think I had that decision. I think when I had joined the band, there was already the decision made to record at the studio. I think you're probably. So right. I walked into that. But I man, it would have been a better choice. It would have been Aaron. a better choice, and we're Just, getting to where we're why the choice was made coming up. So I remember this part. So our singer's dad at the time, still I, his dad, but he's not our yeah, singer anymore. Yeah, for good yeah, yeah, yeah. And we'll get to that. He is his company. I don't know how this happened, but he, they offered us. They offered us like the sum of money to record this record however many like literally thousands thousands of dollars dollars. so that's why i think that's why you guys were just shopping around yeah and it's so funny you shopped around and came to the conclusion we came to yeah and like dude if we would have like tried to pay for that on our own it would have never happened i would have i would have recorded it and it would have sounded like shit god and not only that like the amount of money we spent on it like it was like five grand i think almost over four yeah almost five grand over four thousand dollars and today all you need nowadays is like like some plugins, a good interface. You could probably make an entire record and probably a thousand bucks if, Dude, you, if you know what your fuck you're doing. I just y- y'all will not know what I'm talking about, but just the file I sent this earlier that I finished like 15 minutes before I drove over here sounds impossibly better than this EP, dude. <laughs> like it's not it's whole it's hilarious to think about how yeah, easy it is. It is. So they you guys are searching around for this producer, and we end up at this place called Surefire. Is that right? Surefire I don't Studios? Remember. I don't remember what it was called. The songs were not fire. The songs were right. Runefire. Runefire! Was it. Got Thank it. you so yeah. much. Oh, Runefire. How did you remember that? I don't know. Like I said, I just kept... You're so smart. I kept farting and crap into my brain, and then it just comes out of my mouth. Wow. So yeah. Uh, Runefire. Runefire. Scoots. Runefire Records. Yeah. That sounds They call right. it Silver Record. Yeah. yeah. But, um... Yeah. Well, they did make records. Yeah, and it's funny, and it's the and here's it's the stereotypical pop punk band goes and produces with the black metal metal producer. Is that stereotypical? Yeah. I I feel like that's a thing. <laughs> I, if I'm wrong, send, send the hate comments. But yeah. I feel like that's the thing. Wherever you're in your small local town, you record with the local metal producer. Yeah, for sure. And um, actually, I found some clips. So here's here's some of the stuff they recorded. But uh, so yeah, black metal, death metal, to the depths famously recorded there. Yes, they're full length. And that record actually sounds, sounds good to this badass. to this day. Yeah, sounds but like that that just goes to show like this was not <clears throat> the reason why we're not happy with the product is because we're a fu- we were a fucking rock band that were like teenagers. Like it just yes. was not the style. Right, hundred percent. And that I think that this goes to show how important it is to find the right engineer mm-hmm. because you can have some of the greatest. Like this guy had awesome equipment. He, and he was great, talented. Very talented. He had a great spot, great instruments. Great attitude, nice but guy. But if they don't know what you're doing or what you want, it's gonna it's not gonna be the yeah. it's gonna sound like crap at the end yeah. of the day. Mm-hmm. Cause like I said, like our friends to the depths, they recorded there. That record to this day still sounds, sounds really good. Badass. Um unfortunately, ours did not. 
<laughs> I like look. I like listening back at it, and uh, I just remember the time more than anything. <clears throat> it is clear. It is clear. It was mastered very well. Yeah. Um, which we'll get to. But our some of our other recordings, so our most recent recordings, they weren't mastered that well at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, I don't know. So I remember it also. So this guy had a studio in this like doctor's office building. Yeah. Yeah. It was like one of those where it's like you go in and there's like eight different businesses and shit. Yeah, like exactly. That. And we can only record after six PM. So we were there late sometimes. Mm-hmm. So we would get there like six late. We I remember sometimes we'd go home to like one or two in the morning. And I had to go to school the next yeah, day. It would it was fucking gnarly. And I would I was working and some and I worked at Starbucks, so sometimes I would open and work four in the fucking morning. And then So I would go I would go to the studio six to PM and you know I only it wasn't really even to do anything because I didn't record my parts till like probably the second week. But you still wanted to be there. Yeah, I still wanted to be there. It was exciting. Yeah. yeah. And then I would get there. I would leave at two, go home, sleep for an hour, and then go wake up and go fucking to work at go four to work, in the morning. And then do it again. And then do it again. Yeah. Yeah. Brutal. Exactly. The things you do for love. <sighs> the things we do to make our dreams happen. You know? You know? Exactly. We almost did. So before we enter the studio, let's talk about some of the writing process. Yeah. This is our first kind of writing thing with me and my best friend, Duggar. That's right. Hey, that's me. Um, I, at the time, I personally did not feel like I stepped up. I didn't contribute a lot on the CP. Um, I don't think so. I'm not really. I feel like I felt, I felt like I could have, I felt like I could have been more assertive. Do you, did you feel like you were stepping into our world? I did. I did. I felt like I could have been more assertive at the time because there were a lot of stuff where I was like, "Ah, I'm just kind of joining. I don't want to step on anybody's toes. For sure. I'm kind of duxing. But like. We we did bring an old Hello Me song. We did. We did. But more importantly, we did bring in a crappy song that we keep talking crap about. Yeah. So the first song we ever wrote was a song called, well, the first song we ever wrote together, me and Doug, was this crappy song called Getting Out. <laughs> I'll put a clip here. I think. Have you listened to this song recently? <laughs> Actually, no, I haven't. It's it's not it's as bad years. as I make it out to be. It's it's kind of like a. It's a it's, it's a, a it's a ska butt rock song. Whoa! If that makes any sense. Totally. If that makes any sense. It's and not like in an ironically, like I like Chevelle. Yeah. Me. It's it's just like. Not fun or cool. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Well, I remember... But I do love both of those bands, just for the record. Yeah. <laughs> I remember bringing this song, because I initially had the first idea for the song, which was the opening riff. And I remember presenting it to you, and the riff was completely different at the time. It was like this weird chromatic thing. Very much a no effects riff. Yeah, it was like a weird no effects riff. And I was like, yeah. And when I presented it to you, you were like, change it up a bit to make it more... um. More melodic. More maybe. melodic. Uh, hold on, let me play it. I think, if I'm not mistaken, the, the viewers may, may enjoy this. I think your version went like... That's it. Something exactly. Like that. Yeah. But then I was like, <laughs> I was like, we don't do chromatic stuff. So I changed it to like... Yes, exactly. And then, and then I think, I don't know if that tail was in there. The... I don't know if that was in I there. Think I, I think maybe the tail came later. 
But um, just like but that was one of those things where um, it was a better it was a better idea for at the time. I Thank don't think you. I don't think the chromatic thing would have worked, especially with the kind of music we were going for where we were. And it's funny, like thinking about it now, I would have if we wrote. We're this talking song, right. about this like we write awesome songs all the time that people love. When we're really not, we really we you and I are our noise brigade's biggest. That's fans. right. I, here's the thi- here's the thing with our songwriting. We may not have a number one hit song. We radio and whatever area you've been at, or but we have written songs that connect with people. That's true. And I feel like that is a that should be your goal when you're writing any song. If you, know, you can get some kind of connection with anybody with what you're writing, that's the goal. I think that, and unfortunately, people did connect with this song. <laughs> My dad loved this song for some reason. Yeah, um, I remember that actually a lot. Yeah, dad really really liked this. He's, song. he's like, he's always like, "What's that song?" <laughs> he always said the name wrong. It's like it was like running out or <laughs> it's getting out. Dad, it, he loved this song. Yeah, um, it was kind of cool. Like it had that cool ska bit, like kind of minor thing, mm-hmm. and it was also like I think he told me it was the first minor song we did. Yeah. We historically, and still to this day, very rarely write in minor keys. We're very much a major key band. We're basically a pop band, if you like, in the brass tacks of it all. Yeah. Um, I want to get back to um, the whole hit thing. I, you know, we've, we, we have had our, our ups, a lot of ups in this band, a lot of downs. But I think there are some songs of ours that, like, catch, like, we don't plan... I remember specifically for this is fine. This is a tangent. Um, for for this is fine. We wrote Spark Mandrel Syndrome. Like this is probably going to be like the first, like the like the lead mm-hmm. single or whatever. It ended up being I know it might. Like that was the song, right? And um, I so, remember it's funny how that works, isn't it? It's, you, you just don't you think know. It, we always think this is the fucking song, and it ends up being something else. And like I know I remember like there I can think of a couple times in particular like playing that song here in Portland. To our, like mostly to our friends and like people in bands and like people that know us and stuff, mm-hmm. but like I'm playing pretty packed shows and just people seeing people smiling and singing to that song, I could never play music again and like that will have yeah. And that's me. like I said, that's the goal. If you never have a hit song, if you never tour around the world and go whatever, at least write songs that connect with people. Just that's write shit your, that matters to yeah. you. The, and the first thing when you write a song is make sure you like it first. Yeah. And then at the end of the day, then you got to convince other people that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Because I feel like most of the time it, when you try to like adapt to algorithms and like what's cool, you're never, you're ne- dude, I'm, I promise you, you're never going to stand out. You're going to get lost in the shuffle. Mm-hmm. Just do your own thing. Yeah. I pro- like I pride myself as for all of us. We've always done shit our own way. And I love that about us. And we never had a producer, maybe because no. we didn't want to pay for it. You know who our producer was? Me and you. That's right. <laughs> maybe maybe that says more about us. Who knows what happened if we had someone in that outside box? Maybe we sh- there are points where maybe we should have had one. There are a lot certainly. of points. But you never know. It's you, one of those things. And maybe that's something we explore down the road. Maybe. Maybe when we're 50, we'll finally get a producer. <laughs> so, <laughs> But yeah. that's the lesson. Write good songs. Just write shit that you care that about. That you care about. And people will connect. Be true to yourself. There are billions of people in this world. You're only asking for a point zero 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 zero. Keep going. Zero 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 one percent of that population to care. We should fact check that. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, that's that tangent. Just but yeah. So right. So yeah. So find what you love and let it consume you. Shut the fuck up. Okay. Moving on. So getting out, that was our first song we wrote together. Yeah, I just 
I do think it was a song more to come from our collaborations together. Yeah. Because like I said, that was the first song you and me together were like, we're going to get put our heads together and put this whole thing together. That's true. The, the cool the cool part about writing that song was that um, the way that you and I bounce ideas off of each other, mm-hmm. it, that started mm-hmm. with writing that it song. Did. And it like... And it gets better on the on, and it get and it gets way better on the later records. Yeah, but that was the first kind of spark of that. It was really cool to have like to like feel that chemistry like immediately. You know, mm-hmm. like we could share ideas and not feel like no, this is how it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. You know, even though I'm pretty guilty of that over the years, but like we can we really have had a good back and forth. Yeah, and um, complimentary ideas. I think I agree. And then we get onto songs like Crooked Line and Imperfect Circles. Yeah. I uh, weird song, and that's just. I mean, here's. A, I'll put a clip here for it. Um, I wrote that song, and you wrote that song, and that's why you know there are examples when writing songs too, where you you write an entire song. To this day, you'll write an entire song. I'll look at it and like, this is fine. Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> I don't I'm want to cool. change anything I'm cool of with it. This, yeah. I think at the time, I was scared to have that, um, to be that front about stuff with yeah. you. So, like I said, I was just, I was, I'm joining a band at this point. I'm the guy, I'm the, you consider me an original member of this band. I only consider original member because there was no one else doing the second guitar part when I walked in. That's a good point. So, sure. I'm still joining four friends. I'm, I'm the outside guy joining. So, I don't want to like try to, like stomp on too many toes at first. Totally, but um, I, I've listened to. Have you listened to that song recently? It's been a while. Oh. That's a good song. The, oh, Cro- Crooked Lines. Oh, I listened yes. to it a couple days ago. Actually. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because I wrote it, I was like, mm-hmm. that's right. Gonna, you know what? Actually, the lyrics are pretty. pretty and we get to this when we song. get to this thing here where you're gonna notice um the songs on the tangent earlier were the songs that people connect with. You're gonna notice that the ones that people connect with are the ones that me and Doug wrote the lyrics on. Interesting. Interesting, isn't it? Yeah. I, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get into more about that later. But um, our singer at the time, um, I do admit he did have some good melody ideas. Mm-hmm. Not the best lyricist. Nope. Um, but also at the time when you're young. Also an awful, horrible person. Yes. But we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Trust us. That's a whole tangent on its own. Yeah. That's a whole episode. Um, but the lyrics weren't the greatest at the time. And obviously, too, you, you guys are just in high school, too. Your lyrics... Nobody's lyrics are great at first off mm-hmm. the gate. Mm-hmm. You know, I I personally, as you know, when I became the when I started singing and writing lyrics for this band, um, I didn't really feel great at them at first. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's kind of stepping out of your box and trying to pick words and phrases and making sure they all fit. You don't really understand that. You don't understand when you're first writing these songs, like the importance of phrasing. Totally, the importance <clears throat> of um, phonetics. Mm-hmm. That's a big deal. Like when you write a song, like no matter like the sounding of a word is just the word may suck on its own, but because it sounds good, you keep it. Yeah, there's. Um, I'm sure you know about this, but the mm-hmm. the original lyrics for "I Want It That Way" by the Backstreet Boys mm-hmm. totally different. And um, that's right. I, and like they, they were written uh, by some English dude, I Max guess. Martin, which I I love Max Martin. Right, but Max uh, Martin is my biggest influence. <laughs> he's Swedish, I think. Yeah, Swedish. Yeah. Yep. Um, and like for some like something got changed around is like these word like these melodies are good, the words just don't sound good. Yes, like the, like the actual lyrics. Don't like like sound write down good. I want it that way. 
it really doesn't make sense in an English language, right? Yeah. I want it that way. Yeah. Like, or like, what is this Burger King? Or like, no, I, I, just remember, I actually remember this kind of stuff. So like, you are my fire, my one desire. Like, yeah. I think the original lyrics were more, um, they're very straightforward. Very straightforward. But these are, like I said, it's all about phonetics and phrasing. It simply didn't sing as well. And that's pop music yeah. at the end of the day. No, you can. Here's my favorite thing about pop music in general. I, you may sit here and you may be on that side where like, oh, it's all manufactured. It all sounds the same. That's fine. You could have that opinion. But it's so interesting how it's produced. Totally. It's to a science at some point. Mm-hmm. And it's very... To you know, a lot of it is not necessarily to my taste. Showing great attention to details. Oh, yes. Meticulous. Yes, meticulous. Mat- I was right. Meticulous. When, yeah. I, was, when I was in uh, Carrier Academy, my, one, of my trainer, one of my trainers always said meticulous. I just, I just think it's funny. Respect. Yeah. But the, yeah, it's so, the pop music is so meticulous. It's so to a point. And if you think about, like I said, back on the thing where there's a billion fucking people in this world and only a small, no matter how many, no matter when you go to show, how many bands you meet, you think there are hundreds of bands, there are thousands of musicians. The rest of the population outnumbers that greatly. Oh, yeah. Greatly. Even and, though, like, this is your whole world. Like yeah. us, you know, yeah. like, like for us, like I know so many fucking mm-hmm. musicians and people that are into our music, but the, it's such a, such it's a small, a small fucking world. Those people that just love, like they have no understanding. That's how they understand that is through that pop music is, is through that easy listening music. And that's, and there's nothing wrong, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's yeah. nothing wrong with that at all. This like, I hate it when people say this band sucks or this band is not very good. Are they? Yeah. Like, that's like, obviously nowadays Nickelback is kind of gone or kind of redemption. They've gotten their flowers uh, yeah, and they but, deserve but it. But people would always talk shit about that band back in the day. And I was always the one that were like, a band that sold 5 million records yeah. all over the world Nathan, sucks. Nathan Nelson. <laughs> like, is, Nathan Nelson is a storied Nickelback I'm just, supporter. I'm just saying it doesn't make sense. There's, there's no, there's no such thing as a band that sells like music like that. Yeah. Suck, they sucking. F- Nickelback. You just don't like him, and that's fine. Yeah. Nickelback fucking rocks. Yes, I think so too. Yes, and yes, is, is it the same music all over and over again? Sure, sure. Who Whatever. gives a shit? But it rocks. Yeah. Do, who gives <laughs> yeah. a fuck? Who gives a shit? Like, I challenge you, the person who sits there. And criticizes this type of music to try to write a song like that that can that can connect with that millions of people. Yeah, it's fucking it's, just as hard as writing the biggest fifty minute progressive rock metal song. Yeah, I guarantee you. And there's I, my tangent it just, again. It just goes back to you know if you're fucking uh, <laughs> if you're fucking <laughs> if you're just just if don't unless you're Nickelback. Just write for you. Just, just write, just for write, your, what, you, write, write what, what you know. Write what you know. Write for yourself. Think you. Make sure you like it first, and then the other people will come later. And if you are Nickelback, what the fuck? What's up, dude? What's up? Why are you listening shit? to our podcast? What up, homie? <laughs> Hit me up. Okay, no. We're Canadian adjacent. Yeah. You know? So Crooked Lies, great song. You wrote the lyrics. You think it's a great song? I think it's a great song. Thank you. Unfortunately, it was a song that kind of fizzled out of our set list because... Because it's in C-sharp standard. Yeah. I don't know why you fucking did that. Because that little noodly riff, it's it's too... I, we couldn't do it in E because it's way too high to sing. Right. So I was like... Originally, I wrote it... I've, I've been messing around with tunings a lot. No, I'm sorry. It was in D standard because this is before right. we, we didn't mm-hmm. half step down. And, I, and then I would... 
I would just drop it to D because I don't want to get a whole guitar for it. Yeah, so and the only part that was important was that little jangly riff that needed the B to be an A string. Yeah. So. I think at one point, too, you just ended up just tuning down that string. I think you're right. Yeah. And then we just play regular. Yeah. Which but, is, um, I think a lot of that, you like we write songs like that, and we just we just would not work them into the set list because of that hurdle. Like, we, I don't wanna, I, we were so poor at the time. Like We only had like probably two guitars each, and they weren't very good guitars. No. They would always be out of tune. And like, like, that's so, another thing, too. Like When you're in Alaska, like you couldn't... like you Unless you knew knew how to do it, you, there wasn't really at least that I know of that you could. There wasn't really like anywhere that you can go to get your guitars set up, other than like Mammoth Music. And there stuff. were a couple play. I think just at the time we probably didn't know there were t- things. And I was like, poor. That's true. Like, that I'm was not, the big. That's the biggest part of the, like. Like I said, <clears throat> our singer's dad's company paid for this record at yeah. the time. I was fuck. I was in high school. Yeah. And then uh, next song, um, just say yes, which I brought from Hello Me. That is the yeah. Um, I that song rocks. It is a good song. I think, like I said, once again, I'll go back to the lyrics weren't that great. Um, it's because you didn't write them. That's right. My older bands, I'd write all the lyrics. I'd sing. I was the singer. Front singer. Right? Me ugly piece of shit being the singer. Come on, dude. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I thanking you? I don't know. <laughs> you didn't say anything. I'm ho- I was hoping for a compliment. I never came. <laughs> I am a giant piece of shit. You fucking moron. <laughs> You're not a giant piece of shit. You're just a fucking moron. Thank you so much. Okay. Okay, that made sense. But um, so when I joined the band, I was actually pretty comfortable just writing music. You're like, oh, it's like, does it feel like pressure? It was like the pressure was off. Like, okay, here's my song. You put lyrics to it. Mm -hmm. I was very comfortable with that at the time. And Um, you couldn't couldn't bring the version of Just Say Yes that you had before because didn't you not write the word did you write the, the I did not the write the word so, so it would be it would have been weird if yeah we had, so know. I just I had the lyrics change at that time but it was essentially the same song how we played in Hello Me yeah essentially just the lyrics were different lyrics weren't that great I think at the time I thought they were just I was just stoked that I just didn't have to write the lyrics yeah that, I think that song is the most poppy straight up pop, pop punk yeah. song we've ever recorded it is pretty you know what I mean I think maybe more down the line but <laughs> we'll get to there yeah um, my favorite song. I think. Okay, so uh, I've, I've I have a funny, st- I have a funny story about <laughs> our first song. breakdown. That's song. right. That's right. This so this is the realm. We get more into this later on, but. I'm just sprouting years here now. I'm just saying years because I feel like... Bro, 2011? That was a year. Was it? It happened. That was That's true. You know what? After 2011? And a bunch of years after that, too. Oh, fuck, dude. You know, right now, 2023. We're fucking old, dude. You know what's going on. All right. Okay, so I want to touch on this whole easy core thing for a minute. Um, I'll put a clip here. My favorite song. Thank you. It was my favorite song on the record. Um, so, you know, easy core pop punk with you know Breakdowns. hardcore hardcore influence. I really I was not aware of this of like this as a as a movement as like I didn't know the shit was happening at the time. Yeah, we should also reiterate like to, this wasn't when it was we. Easy Core's been around. You can you can trace it back to like 2008 or even 2004. You can go back to like Kid Dynamite. Yeah, you can go back Lifetime. to like, you know, like, yeah, all these bands like early 2000s, probably even like the late 90s. Like Newfound Glory even. Was, yeah, yeah. You, know. you can find little bits of it in the late 90s, 2000s. 
I feel like, but I do feel like it really popped off around this time. Yeah, yeah. I, just, I I simply was not aware of a lot of the stuff. I I loved the idea of like heavy things in a major key. Um, like there, this is going to sound silly, but there were a couple of Breaking Benjamin songs where they were like polyamorous, mm-hmm. had some pretty chunky parts, but it's in a major key. And I was like, that's fucking badass. Yeah. And, um, actually <laughs> some Creed songs like yes. that, like that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I was and like, that's kind of badass. There's a, there's a specific song by Pulley called over it. That was on, um, uh, like a motocross game on the 64 mm-hmm. and, and it was on it, matters. Uh, no, it was on. There's, it's it's like their self title, but it's got like a swear word that's like censored. Oh, okay. I think I just I think it's just called self title, but it's really heavy. And I was like, this, I, this is fucking cool. And I didn't. I wasn't aware of like four year strong Sidra goals and mm-hmm. shit like that at the time. Even though I'm wearing yeah. a four year strong shirt right now. <laughs> um, but anyway, so this kind of like developed separately, and then I just learned that it became a thing. Anyway, as far as the lyrics for my favorite song, um, <laughs> I was. My girlfriend at the time, who is my girlfriend now. That's right. It's um, about your girlfriend. It is about my, my, yeah, about your, my your girlfriend. Your girlfriend. Oh, so cute. <laughs> yeah. You learned, that was also, you sang on most of that song. I did. I did sing. I, I sang you everything your, on that song. You except did. Our old singer did some harmonies. Yeah, I think she did the harmonies, yeah. Um, and it, I wasn't a good singer back then. Um, but I remember. We, uh, I was like, I was, uh, I actually, I remember, I, remember you, I remember you specifically when we were recording that song. The guy who engineered and produced quote producing when he produced because he didn't know what the fuck he, how do you how does a metal guy know what a pop punk sound right he wasn't his wasn't, name was brett it wasn't his work. nice guy though really nice awesome guy dude. yeah brett if you're out there we haven't seen him since that recording thank you for we were actually one of the last um projects he did before he stopped doing this at all he's like this band was so fucking bad i don't like <laughs> I, this i'm out anymore. i'm done but uh i remember um when you were recording that song um you were having some trouble singing yeah, because um, um, you had a lot of. Uh, I feel like every person has that in this in the studio where they go through that self deprecation phase. Like, God, I fucking am not good at this. Yeah. Like, you do so many takes of it, and you're like, God, am I, I'm not good at anything. I'm a giant piece of fucking shit. And your voice is wearing down yeah. as and you. Just, and it's just, it is progressively just getting fucking worse. And yeah. you're like, God damn it. And I just didn't have the confidence yeah. I do now. I remember you know? Brett, now I'm a great singer. Hell yeah. <laughs> I remember Brett um, would um, he would. I remember one of the confidence. That's the thing with every good producer engine. They they find a way to. Um, um, real, like make the person they're working with. I don't know. They have to. They have to pull the performance out of yes. them somehow. They have to be a good coach. A hundred percent. And one thing he did. I don't know if you remember this, but uh, he's like, you ever thought maybe you were like the Bob Dylans or the Kurt Cobains of the world, where they really didn't weren't the great singer per se, but they had that soul in their voice. And I remember you took kind of a particular thing to that, and, yeah. and it had to help you get through that track. And you know what's funny is I think if if you remember us back in the day. Um, I wasn't, I wasn't a lead singer in the band yet, but I, my voice used to be really gnarly. And I think it's because I used to be like basically scream singing all the time. And I think it may have been because of what Brett said at that moment. I was like, Oh, I, that maybe that's my thing, you know? And I would, yeah. I would start like, well, yeah, I had like the rough, vo- that was my thing was like having yeah, the rough I voice. Would, you know, I can attest to that too. I, you're not. The shiny pop singer. No, you have a unique voice. Thank you. you even do. even now, now that my voice is clean, you up, have a unique, unique voice. Like you know, like um, fuck, how do I fucking explain this? You know, like yeah, like the Bob Dylan's or the Kirk Cobain's, where they're not. If like if you're to show someone a great singer, classically good singer, you wouldn't show them the Bob Dylan or the Kirk right. Cobain. You would show them someone like Aretha Franklin or or yeah. fucking Frank Sinatra or something, yeah. right? But you, know, like, you you have a very unique voice, thank you. and it's and it's only gotten better over time. Thank you. And you have that rough. I my, one of my personal things I love about your voice. I love your quiet 
voice when it gets down and you just little, little whispers and like a little quiet. That's why whenever to this day, whenever I have a quiet part in the lower register, I ask you to fucking do it because mm. it's better than when I do. When I do it, I sound like a fucking uh, old man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I might I I want to um this is a, I love talking about myself. This is great. You loser. Thank you for thank you for affording me this. But um I want to it might like my voice has just changed so fucking much since back from back then. But I want to thank Brett for giving me the confidence to like find my own voice basically back yes. then. Um, it wasn't it wasn't good like what I what I was doing, but it helped me find what I was doing what I wanted to do back then. Yes. Um, lyrically, that song uh, I remember Kate and I were driving. I don't know if I, I don't know if like naming Nate, but Kate, my girlfriend, it's all right. You, love her you, very much. Yes. Um, just wait till you get to the song where you diss on her. You know, I, we talked about that the other day. Um, it's only just, it's only just funny now. Um, my favorite song is part part one of a three song trilogy. <laughs> you son of a bitch. Well, continue. Go continue. On. Okay, so um, she, I remember she was like, "Why haven't you written any songs about me?" She was like, kind of upset about it. This recently? No. This oh, is, oh, this is, this is time. way okay, back sorry. in the day. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was like, "Fuck! Why haven't I?" I, I, I had I had tried, you know, because like mm-hmm. I don't know. I wasn't like the song, like the lyrical songwriter. It's like, hard to do that. Like, it's hard to like pick and, especially at that age, do you really know what love is or yeah. like, or like, you have you have feelings, but are those feelings really love? Who knows? I think that's what the song translates. It's feelings. It's not. I don't it know. If, I don't know if love is the right word. Mm. Like, obviously, you could probably. I think, like I said, music is open to interpretation for the listener. I interpret it. As a yeah, like more of a feelings thing, how I feel, and yes, yeah, so that could be interpreted into love, yeah. or just like you. That song could be best about a best friend. Sure, um, <laughs> your lips are my favorite line. Is about a best friend. Yeah, your lips are my favorite line. Too. <laughs> okay, okay, the, but <laughs> thank you. Um, so it's okay. It's a corny song, the lyrics, but I think the lyrics are kind of clever. I like at least so. the chorus. You know? I think so. Um, it, I like the melody a lot. The na 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 na. Yeah. Um, it's pop music right there, it's, buddy. It's, it's a poppy, corny yeah. song, but it, I think it has a high. It gets a little lower and then resolves. Yeah, it's it's a good song. Yeah. I think it's a nice, concise. It's got it does everything it wants to do. It's got some cool riffs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like more importantly, <clears throat> it has our first breakdown. It has our first breakdown. Our first stealth, like I said on the tangent earlier. Our first, easy, our first fucking breakdown. It wouldn't <laughs> be. It wouldn't be the last. It would not be the last. Um, I want to re-record this song. <laughs> I well, sang the original anyway. Sure, so why not? You do it. Okay. I also remember, I'm going to back up here, but on the previous song, Crooked Lines and in Perfect Circles, that um, there was also a breakdown in that song. Hmm. This song is earlier in the track listing, but we wrote it after, I believe. Yes. Yeah. I think it was written for this EP. Yeah. You know, you know, you have your entire life to write your first record, right? That's what they say? Yep. And this was, unfortunately, our second record. So we only had three months, and when I came in, I had a bunch of bullshit for my ass for songs. So... <laughs> But uh, back on the imperfect lines, that also had, a, like I said, also had a breakdown. I remember that was one of the first times in the studio where I felt very not inconfident in because mm. I could not play that part. I, I had to pass the guitar to you, and I remember, I remember I tried so many times to get this fucking riff down. Uh, and when I finally, actually, Brett was the one that went, okay, let's set Doug to do this to speed this up. And oh I was like, man. I, my ego was shattered. I'm sorry. But that, but that kind of clicked something in my mind at that time. Like, I really need to get my shit together and know how to play these fucking songs. I hated being like. And only be prepared more 
when we did go into the studio in the future. For so sure. like, like know the song. That's the thing. If you're going into a studio, do not learn the song when you're recording them. God. I can't stress that enough. Absolutely. Unless you're like, obviously nowadays you don't need to go to a studio to make a record. But if you are going to do that, be prepared. Know your shit. Be able to string a full take together. Yes, hundred percent usable. And that was my. I learned some that day. Yeah, and I, you know a lot. A lot of times now, songs are written while they're in the final recording stage. Yeah, like like yeah, that's there's, just there's really no different nowadays to demo and for and final take. Yeah, you know, um, because but, technology has advanced so much. But you know, if you're if you're if you're in the situation in which you're in a band and you're bringing songs to a studio. Mm-hmm. Know your parts, I guess. Um, but we were so, again, we were, we're so, so young, young, so young, and it was such a weird part. I I was known, especially back in the day, for writing parts that were just. They say you should write to eighty percent of your ability. I was we were writing, writing to one hundred and twenty fucking percent. Of absolutely, your fuck you. Each ship absolutely. died. <laughs> I'm gonna, I can play the riff actually. Hold on. Let's see if I remember it. It's like. That's what it that is. And there was a little, there was a little third harmony stuff on top. Hell of that. yeah! All right, put you back into standard. Hold on. And then, what was the next song on there? Uh, it was "Fly Higher." Fly Higher. The hit. The hit. This was the hit from the record. It's so funny because right like, once again, because when we wrote this record. I thought Crooked Lines was going to be the hit. You think we so? all thought? I feel like we all thought Crooked Lines was going to be the hit. That's because no, no. I'm a genius. Do we think Crooked Lines or Getting Out was going to It was be Getting hit? Out. Oh, Because okay. that, was, that was the one we put you're on. Right, you're 100%. I apologize. Getting Out was that. Yeah, how dare we you? Gonna, I'm such a fucking idiot. <laughs> that was the song that we pushed to like uh, KZND exactly. to be played on the radio. Exactly. And, um, <laughs> and we like, that was the song we like, played first at every exactly. show. Exactly. We played that song. That was our opener for, for years. Ever. For fucking years. We thought it was such a fucking. I'm exaggerating. We, that was our opener for probably a year. Yeah. yeah. Before but, we started uh, writing we, But that songs. was the song we pushed. But like I said, the hit was Fly Higher. Dude, yeah. There's a clip right here. I know that it must seem hard to get back up after the fall so far. But once on your feet, you will see all the great things that were meant to be. Divert from the penis, name the game, live a large play hard. Even all that you got me to be bored and started. You will be getting your strength and the right to be free. Fly Higher is a testament to how creative justin was yes because like nobody else could write that song 100 percent. you know what i mean and i remember too um being when he first presented it to you i remember you specifically you were kind of very like all right your your phrasing needs to kind of line up here yeah you were very on him about that and, and it kind of shows his phrasing's pretty good in this he kind of crushed it that's yeah. the that's the closest to actual rapping we've ever had yeah i think uh-huh. yeah um and man like it didn't really sound gimmicky if that makes any sense. No, maybe, it came maybe, from the heart. Like maybe it came. Maybe it sounded gimmicky in some kind of sense. Maybe, but mm-hmm. like at the time, and even I listen to it now, and I'm like, he did crush this song. He did, and like his voice was very. Urgh. I think out of all of the songs on the record, even though that's the one that stands out the most, and it's the, I guess like the outlier on the record, mm-hmm. it's the one that's aged the best. Mm-hmm. One because Justin is on, it and he's the and best. he wrote the he wrote the he wrote everything. That on was it. the thing about. Uh, Back in the day, we all contributed lyrics, mm-hmm. like um, which made the, things a little inconsistent. It probably. made things very inconsistent, and down the road, you show, you see down the line where it kind of kind of cleans itself up. Yeah, but that's why a lot of these songs were how they were, very different. Like, what, what kind of fucking band that plays ska breakdowns and have a rap thing? Yeah, that, we, we didn't that, give that's, a- that's that's four fucking people. 
like with so many different influences, not knowing what the fuck to be, and it, we're just gonna write songs. Yeah, it was. It wasn't a thing where it was like streamlined into like we yeah. have all these influences and we and it, this is what comes out. It was we were do we were just doing all these different things. Hundred percent, you know. And sometimes it worked. Most but this time, song, most of the time it didn't. Yeah, but specifically this was this was a song until Justin left the band. We I felt like we played it every every sh- single every song. fucking show. It was a closer. Like maybe not closer, but it was it was near the end of our set for a while. But we played it almost every time, um, as, for as long as Justin was in the band. Yeah, yeah. I still it, I think it's a great song. It is a good song. Um, he, I don't know if you remember this. He actually um he stole that lyric "Fly Higher" from a Five Iron Frenzy. Five Iron Frenzy song. Yeah. <laughs> what I'm talking about. Every new day, I think is the yeah, song. Yeah, that's right. That's so funny. Banger. I remember he came up to me like after we recorded that song. He's like, "You want to know some? You want to know a secret? What? I, I, I ripped this song off. Check it out." He shows me, "You motherfucker, <laughs> dude! You just you just exposed the secret. I did. That's right. He knew it. Fucking bastard. You fucking. You know what? I said it. I said it. in The fucking first episode. I, I've been ripping off bands since I started. That's, that's what every band is. Yeah. You know, ripping off someone to make it your own. Ever since I started, like, ever since like you and I were like the main songwriters in the band, like it's I've been ripping off Motion City soundtrack, mm-hmm. Four Years Strong. And like Green Day, mm-hmm. like those are like the those are like the three bands. Yeah, purposefully, like I want this part to sound 100%. like. Remember when we were doing when we were doing Color In? Well, that's the like, thing. I think that's why also you and me works so well because I could be, correct me if I'm wrong, but in our in our each top five favorite bands, there's Metallica yes. and Green Day. Absolutely, like that's in your top five. A hundred percent. In my top five, my two. top two are Metallica and Green Day. I don't know. I don't know the order of mine, but the top five in my head. For me personally, our Green Day and Metallica in that yeah, list. Absolutely. So that's how I mean we were vibes so well. And it it, it like it's different from there, yeah. really. But like, the, I mean, that's. But to this day, like to this day, you and me can always talk about every Green Day song. We know every we know every fuck Metallica song. We talk about all their history. Yeah. And then the, that influence shows. Oh, <laughs> and it'll show too. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, actually, this that's a great segue. Um, the next song, Starting Summer, this ah, is the closer. This is a song I wish I can go back and tell you, Doug, what the fuck what is the wrong fuck? with you? So, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Anyway, Starting Summer, um, I, wish you, I wish I had more of a more of a backbone back then to tell you, Doug, why did you write a six-minute song? Six and a half minutes. Six and a half minutes where it's the same three chords over and over again? Because <laughs> I wanted... All right. To fly higher. I wanted... <laughs> <laughs> I'll put a clip here for you. I wanted to do a thing where it was like I had this great big grandiose egotistical idea of like I want to do pop punk but more but like elevated or like evolved and That's shit. the stupidest idea I know, in if, the world. Like if, if you, you think about it in the hindsight, when is pop punk large and grandiose like that? Unless you listen to Jesus Suburbia by Green Day. Exactly, <laughs> dude. I was like, I want to do something bigger or whatever. Like, like. Which is fucking stupid to think about. Like the like the like the thinking about the sentence I just said is insane. It's stupid because if you look at pop punk, pop punk, it's pop music with yeah. punk rock. Pop music is not supposed to be longer than three minutes. Yeah, which um, unfortunately music. was something we had to learn. Um, for uh, we did not learn for about probably eight years into our career. Yeah. <laughs> um. So basically, I and I was also, um, you brought up Metallica. I lo- I was so influenced by like Metallica's song structures. Because they felt like these 
it felt epic like these huge like yeah. journeys even like even like battery which is like a six minute long song which is short for metallica it's got mm-hmm. that it just takes you it takes you on a journey through the whole song and i yeah. wanted to do yeah. that you know yeah for sure um so really it is a good song it is like if you look if you break it down and like look as a piece of music, it is great. Thank you. Um, as a pop punk song and something to play live, I fucking hate it. Horrible. I, I wish- remember every time we played that song, I was like, Jesus fucking Christ. This is, like, when is this song going to fucking end? I know. I, it- remember, I remember trying to learn that song. And there's like, back like I said, back in the day when I was more angry. I, it made me angry at some point. Really? Because <laughs> the thing is, like, it had a lot of parts. Yeah. We've always, it was we've essentially always, it was if I break it down like essentially was the only three chords over and over again but a lot of dynamics a lot of different ways to hit the note yeah um, a lot of weird stuff it was not the thing is it's it's a regular it's a song with a regular structure it's got the intro verse chorus um, second verse you know all that thing but it's got a really long bridge and it, it's got a full intro really long bridge and a full outro mm-hmm. which it's that's a trend that would continue yes. Um, a good but, friend I like. <laughs> yeah. Um, I didn't learn. Andy Ball called me out on this. He's like, dude, your songs are too fucking long. It's true. And um, he was right. Um, like I said, it was a lesson we didn't learn until about eight years in our career. Like, yeah. Maybe we should shorten these songs. It was, it was we're my, just so good. <laughs> <laughs> it was my ego. It was so good. Let's do more of it. <laughs> it was my ego. Like, like now I'm like, I want to, I'm all about writing songs that are two and a half minutes. No, like in this last record. Um, oh, We'll get to this later, probably. Unless I'll play at the end of here. But on our next, our newest record, we really dive into the whole, um, like a lot of this, like under three minutes, three and a half. Like perfect, so sick. Um, I think the perfect two and a half minute long song is "Roll to Me" by Delamitri. That was a good song. Fucking amazing song. Um, anyway, um, it, it was. I had just. I had so many fucking ideas back then. I was like, I have all these riffs. Like, I and I'm piecing together this big, long, epic song or whatever. And it was just too long. It was yeah, too it's long. A, it's a, like, like you said. It's a cool piece of music in a vacuum. But like, we should have never played it live. Yeah, yeah. You know? I just remember there were times when we played that song live, and so like you know, like back you know, you play a, you know you have a thirty minute set, right? Yeah. So you that's get, sick. You, that's you, a fifth you, of it, right? Exactly. Yeah. So you can what do what five songs in that third? Like when yeah. in reality, if you do it right, you could do six or seven. Yeah. Stupid. Yeah, we would do five because yeah. we if we put that song in there. That took up half the space. It was my ego. Yeah. I was like, oh, but this this is a big show. We gotta play starting somewhere. <laughs> Why? And also the thing too is like you know, another thing. We were so young, and we just didn't have the chops to pull off like what I wanted to do. Like mm-hmm. I, I wasn't playing up to what I had envisioned. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so it just, it didn't, uh, it was, it, it would debate about it. And that's, that's our history. That's, that's it. That's our life in the span. A I also bunch, wrote a whole ha- bunch of mistakes. And we learned later in life to never write a six minute song again. Yeah. Um, but I do remember specifically, um, I wrote the lyrics for that song. Half of them. That's what's up. Yeah. Um, I remember specifically there was a part in that song that I wrote. It was the, um, I think, towards the middle. Third bridge. I remember that part because that was the first, like, when I when I presented that to you, you guys at the time because I didn't present it until we recorded that part because yeah. remember the part came up which is very empty and I played that little 
guitar part, and Brett looks over like, that's really fucking cool. And I was like, I don't know about that. Do you remember that? <laughs> I don't know. Did you think it was cool or weird? I, th- I thought it was, I just didn't, because it's like this cool, like, it's fucking badass. It's like, it's like this, like, pentatonic yeah. thing. I was like, like, blues, well, not, it was a blues thing. Yeah. yeah. And um, I was like, well, that's not the vibe. But, like, I heard you play through it a couple times. I was like, fuck, that's badass. Like that's oh see I didn't know that yeah see I see my interpretation at the time was Brett looked at me he thought he thought it was really cool yeah I didn't know you thought the exact opposite kind of <laughs> well once again it was my ego I yeah. was like this is my song how it's dare fun. he yeah. how dare this man come and, into this band that I've worked so hard in the last two years yeah <laughs> and you're what? right you know like that that part was fucking bad because like all the part was other than that was just me going. No, I hadn't even gotten into like like different chords and shit so I was like F sharp minor mm-hmm. A E B. That was that was it on a guitar. That was it. That was and the whole that's part. That's why, like, when I went, I was like, I feel like this needs something here. But I just under, understand it coming from your end, where you're like, that's not the vibe. This man. wasn't in the guitar, bro. <laughs> why, why are you playing that? <laughs> Is that how I wrote it? Um, excuse me. <laughs> what are you doing? But that, but. I think nowadays that's how our songwriting is. Along when we get together, and write songs, we're a lot more open with each other. Totally. Like, like two things will either happen: either you will write something, I'll write something, and one of us will go, "That's fucking rad." Yeah. Or no, we're very, we should, maybe we're we very should, honest with each other. Maybe we should do something else. Here. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and that that's, happened even on our most re- most yeah. recent record, which was the most fun I've exactly. ever had. It was a good time. I can't wait to get to that episode. Yes. yes. Um. So yeah, starting summer. <laughs> Could have been better, but I, I, I kind of. But it's it's a part of our history that'll be cemented and t- teaches us a valuable lesson that no one has a attention span more than three minutes. Yeah, uh, you know it is what it is. Um, I love it. I mean, I love it just for what it is. Yeah, the, just sheer audacity. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah. but like it's. I'm proud of it because like I I fucking did that. That is. You know what yeah, I mean? it's you a sh- cool. You song. should be proud of it. Thank you. Maybe I like I said. I wish we never played it live. That's really the thing, isn't it? It's just playing it live. You know, it's funny too. That was also that song was the basis for our first quote music video. Do you remember that? I made like a weird music video thing in like Windows Movie Maker for it. Holy shit! I, I did it for like I, I was in college at the time for like some weird. I, honestly, I can't even tell you what the class was for or even why I made this video. But I made this video. You can't even tell me why we made this podcast. I can't even tell you right now. But uh, I remember I made it, and that we used that as our first basis for a video. And all it was us playing in the garage over the track, over right? the track. Um, playing in the garage, which, and um, I just played with all the filters. <laughs> That's all it was. Badass. Good times. I, I forgot about that. That's, That's right. hilarious. That's technically our first so, music video. You got, things you gotta, there's something you guys got to understand. Is I'm an idiot. No. You're a genius. <laughs> thank you. Um, so are you. So much, thank you. So much of, so much of this band's history, we became a four-piece, is like... I've like lost a lot of it because a lot of it's very traumatic for me. Yes. I think Um, that's why we're doing this to like, we don't want to relive those moments. Like out of all the bad crap that has happened in this band, there are a lot of good ones and we should take those moments and learn from them Mm -hmm. and understand the person, the people we became today. Yeah. And like I said, and one thing we go back is learning that six minute songs do not work. Not good. You know, and (laughs) (laughs) that's the tangent we're drawing on here. That's the moral lesson of this episode. Do not write a song more than six minutes. Don't write a song more than three and a half. If, (laughs) unless you play in a progressive metal band. And then, you know what? You're a nerd. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's got its place. Uh, Not our, our band was not the place. Exactly. You know, Um, but yeah, that was, that was our first record. That was our first record Um, in our, in the studio, learning how to play in time, learning how to, 
mic up and learning how playing through a tube amp for through, the first time playing through the tube amp for the first time learning understanding parts understanding the process and realizing you know what we're not really good at our instruments no. you know what's funny is um i feel like brett worked us pretty well to a point where even like our best at that point could have been better yeah i i do think i, do, I listen to that record and i'm like man i really wish we could i feel like you and me played really well of course we did but some of the singing is off Oh, totally. The bass is off. The drums are off. Yeah. You and me were the only good people in our band, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Like in Getting Out, I bring this up, like in Getting Out. Oh, So when the build-up, the bass comes in, I want to say a beat too early. It does. It's sloppy. Yeah. And I remember recording Getting Out with Justin. Once again, Justin, great. He was good at doing the scoff stuff, but when it came to just normally playing the bass and holding down a groove and making sure, because the whole point, essentially, as a bass player is to make the rest of the band sound good. Mm-hmm. Can you agree with you that? Have, yeah, you have to be the foundation. Yeah, but you can agree to that. Like, yeah. yeah, that's the you make the vocals sound good, you make the guitar sound good, you lock them with the drums. That's your whole, that should be your basis basis as a bass player. Fuck you. Okay, whatever. Okay, the bass is the secret sauce. Yes. I love Arby's. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's what I'm getting on. Okay. Arby's is nothing without the sauce. Exactly. And like this, like I said, Justin, when it came to just playing those normal notes, he, um, it was just very hard for him. Yeah. It was, it, yeah. Like, he, didn't, he didn't think like that. You mm-hmm. know, like it just wasn't his strong suit, I guess. Play, yeah. Just playing root notes and matching, like clicking in with the drums. That wasn't, mm-hmm. that wasn't necessarily what, like what made him special as yeah. a bass player. So I remember um, he, he would play his part for getting out for the main riff was playing, <coughs> was playing the root notes of the riff that mm-hmm. we had written. Um, and the riff is one of those where it's like um, the chord changes are before the beat. Yes. So uh, I remember you when he was playing that song, you had to yell at him. I had to yell at him when the upbeats came out. Like in a funny way. Like, not like, like, you're fucking up. If this means nothing to you, if you're not a musician, it's a big deal. Like, think of every song you think is the easiest fucking thing. If you're not playing it in the right time, Mm -hmm. you're going to fuck up the entire song. Yeah. Like, some of that simple shit that you can think of, especially when you get behind or when someone presses that record button, if you're not playing it in the right time, it's not going to work. No. It's going to sound like shit. And sometimes when you're playing simple... My pop filter keeps falling down. I told um, you to bring your own. I know. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, sometimes when you're playing simple music... Th- not not sometimes. Every time you're playing simple music, those small details matter so much more. They do. You know, when you're when you're shredding, you can get away with making little mistakes. Mm-hmm. You know? But, um, you know... Or when even you're- the guitar in general. The guitar, you know... The guitar occupies a weird range in a frequency mm-hmm. where you can get away with a little bit of stuff, but if and that's kind of rock and roll, and that's rock and roll. But you know the bass. That's why I said the bass player has to be, to be rock needs solid. Needs to be the foundation. And I think that's I think that's a problem with a lot of people when they start their band. I, like on our first episode, I say the worst person in your band or the when you start have a group of friends, the least talented person becomes your bass player. If I can go back in time and start my band over again. I would be the bass player. A hundred million I would make percent. the other guy be the guitar player. Because if if the guitar player sucked, the guitar player sucked. They'd probably get away with it. But we would have a rock-solid rhythm section. And that's so much more important than people think. Mm-hmm. I, I think my favorite bands are the bands that have... Where the bass is like at the forefront. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so 
unbelievably important to like the fucking full picture of a band, yeah. dude. That's that is why Green Day is so like mu- like so much of like the interesting harmonic qualities of Green Day songs is because of Mike Durant. You I know, agree. like Billy's uh, guitars, like the, the guitar riffs are very simple, three mm-hmm. qu- three four chord type shit, and the songwriting's amazing, of course. But like Mike's uh, bass lines that. His bass lines and harmonies are what create like the interesting harmonic. Yes, 100%. You, you know what I'm saying? Um, so, and you know, like you got your like Rush, early Metallica. Like the bass is so, it, like that's why those bands are so iconic, it's because they have the secret sauce, which yeah. is the and bass. That's another tangent on another lesson. The bass, bass is important. Put your whole folk, when you start a band, put your whole focus into the bass player. Then your band will be fine. Yeah. Everything will be fine. <laughs> no, dude, there's no substitute for having a, an amazing rhythm section. 100%. It's, 100%. It's so important. And I, yeah. We have an amazing bass player now, Demetric. Yes. He's fucking but that's, awesome. Yes. So we finished this record. Oh, we did do we, do we say the name of it? Oh, yes. And here, here's what we, so we fit, don't, that's what I'm saying. We finished oh, the record. Okay, 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 okay. I'm getting there, buddy. I'm sorry. Okay. I just got so excited. We finished the record. We pay four thousand plus dollars for this fucking thing. We didn't pay it. It sounds all right. The the guitars are very heavy. Yeah. You notice that? Mm-hmm. They're very high gain. There's not a lot of clarity in them. Yeah. Um I think the bass is all right. I remember uh <laughs> when I remember uh yeah, bass is fine. Yeah. The drums <laughs> are not great in that mix. Um they sound um not the kind of mix you would use in that kind of music. No. Like I said, we worked with a guy who didn't know how to do this. Yeah. Like, great equipment, knew what he was doing, like how to run the knobs, did not know how this type of music should sound like. Also, like, it's just as much on us, too, because I remember yeah. I remember we were sitting down, um, I didn't know how to dial in an amp back then, so like, Brett, we were like getting guitar yeah, players. Brett dialed in both our amps. Yeah. He was like, does that sound good? I'm like, I guess. It sounds so, good to me, sounds yeah. Sounds like a fucking guitar to me, and it... Was not the tone I should have gone with. Hundred um, percent. But he didn't. Neither of us no, knew exactly, that. Exactly. Hundred percent. That's what he knew, and I didn't know anything. Exactly. And like so, I said, you live and you learn. You live and you learn. Mm-hmm. So we make this record, and what did we decide to call this fucking thing? Please tell me the origin of this fucking album name, because I don't know why we called it this. Two thousand ten, the movie came out. I think it's called Clash of the Titans. Okay. There's a line in it: "Release the Kraken." That's, and that's it. what we called the record. That's it. That's the reason. Huh? That's it. If I can go back and have a have a spine and go, why are we calling it this? <laughs> one, just one of many really? horrible decisions this band has made, dude. I remember the artwork too. It was Calvin's friend who made it, right? Yeah, I'll put a, I'll post a picture on Instagram what the album cover looked like. It was just this. It looks like it was like a robot. It was a robot. It was Kraken. a robot Kraken, and we just called it "Release the Kraken Noise Brigade." It was like cartoony, cartoony. I mean, it was a good drawing, but it def- it definitely had that vibe of a. Like um, I'm not. I don't want to throw shade because it, it, it was done well. It was done well, but it did have that vibe of um, like a like a doodle in a classroom kind of thing. It looks like, <laughs> but you were going for that doodle in the classroom. Mark, Correct. If that makes sense. It yeah. looks like a band full of teen teenagers' first release. Exactly. Which is technically what it was. was our second release. <laughs> My yeah. first release, your second release. Right. So um, uh, so you yeah, know, decisions were made, exactly. and they weren't. None of them were good. But most importantly, we finished. We have our first EP, and I do remember me being very, very proud at the I time of this record. I was like, "This just sounds so good," and I it was mastered well. It, it was. T- it is to this day one of our clearest sounding records. Yeah. Um, because Brett nobody was doing on a technical level on that on the mastering side. Totally. Obviously, on the mixing side, not really. But that's that's neither here or there. I remember being very proud of this record. Like, fuck, man, this is so fucking rad, dude. We're the best fucking band in the fucking world. Just goes back to when I when I was like. 
the newest shit you do always is like the sickest sounding shit in the world. Hundred percent. And that was the newest shit, and it sounded to me. I, I remember like I, I was going through a lot of shit at the time. My, my my family had gotten evicted from our oh, apartment. Oh, this was during that time? Yeah. So I was like living in a hotel and shit. So all I had was this, like I dude, like all I had was this band, dude. Like this, that, yeah. everything to me. I so like, I remember Brett gave us like, he gave us like CDs where like they would beep. Oh, that's right. Because uh, we didn't make the, we didn't make the full payment yet, but he brought, gave us something to bring home. Even then, like bringing that home, like, oh man, this sounds so fucking dude, good. I was, I was, I remember like laying in bed, like, oh, I say in bed, but on the floor, <laughs> <laughs> um, like going to sleep for school the next day, listening to this shit on repeat. Mm. Same. And being so fucking I would, every day when I was on my way to working at Starbucks, I always pop that thing in mm-hmm. and just listen to front to back every fucking day until it was released. I was like, me and my friends did this. Yeah, it's cool. And at that age, doing something like that, spending all that money for something, it's it's like I said, it's cool at the time and it should be remembered for that. Totally. Um, 100%. It, 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 we were in, I know you, you had graduated, but we were still in high school. Yeah. Like I felt so fuck. it felt so sick, dude. Like I said, the radio station we were we were uh, we were affiliated with KZND ninety four seven. The end. We became friends with the local DJ. There. His name was Fat Guy, Mister John Marte. His birth name was Fat Guat Guy. Well, his DJ name was Fat Guy. His real name was John Marte. Um, they had this thing every month called the Band of the Month. Was like Artist of the Month. Artist of Homegrown Artist. Homegrown Artist of the Month. It was it was a thing that's been around for a year at this point, mm-hmm. and that was our goal with this record. I remember that we want to be part of that homegrown. Because what they do is they get you a sh- release show, they they play one of your songs in rotation with the, like the regular like hits of that time. So your song would be played like, you know, ten plus times a day in rotation with the regular shit. It was when, like awesome. normal people like just would, living just, in Anchorage would, would hear just, that. Would just fucking hear this shit. It was awesome. Insane. Crazy. So that was our goal. And then when we presented this record to him, he that I remember him saying. This is a lot fucking better than the last shit you gave. Me. Yeah, because we, we had we had uh, submitted, um, we had submitted uh, the. I remember submitting some of the rough drafts of the, the All Else Fails, the, the scrap, the record, scrapped yeah. album. Yeah, and in fact, I was like, "This dog ass, yes, dude." And he was right. He was right. Um, I think that's probably why a big reason why that album was scrapped is because probably like, that because probably that feedback yeah, that's got, another exactly. Which but is this was the good. first time. Yeah, I mean, he was like. This sounds a hell of a lot better, and it did. Like, like this, it's it, it's the quality jumped so much from that to this. Yeah. Although I look back, the mix wasn't that great. Mm-hmm. It the quality itself, huge miles better, miles into that. So we finally get it. We get the homegrown artists of the month. They play our record. These five by, little shits. These five little fucking shits. Four people still in high school. Me graduating and driving out to Eagle River every fucking day. Finally paid off, right? In some way, shape, <laughs> so, or yeah. some way, shape, or form. And this, like I said, the song we pushed to be our quote single was that "Getting Out" song we were talking about fucking earlier. Sucks. Like I said, like people connected with it though. Somehow, somehow people connected. Not as much as "Fly Higher," but like. But people, that 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 happened later, I think. Yeah, that happened. Yeah, it was down the road kind of thing, like a slow burn on that. If that makes yeah. any sense. Yeah, because I, I just want to t- talk about Fly Higher more because I love that song. That's true. Justin is just so endearing, you know. Yes. Just such a sweetheart. Yes, he is. And it came through in his music. And like I said, also while they play your song, they set up a CD release show for you. Yeah, and, and this is all sponsored by the all radio sponsored station. by the radio station. So they pay for everything. They pay for all the ads. It's it's a great thing for the local. Dude, scene. it was so fucking cool. It was so fucking rad. So we get our CD release show going, and um, do you remember where this was at? It's at the Boys and Girls Club on Muldoon. That's right. 
who was in the gymnasium. Yeah, the gymna- the gym, which is not... We, we had shows here later. This is not the Eagle River Boys Club. Not the Eagle River Club. Club. We talked about the last episode, but it's a different Boys and Girls Club. In Anchorage. Actually, this was one was closer to my house in Anchorage. Yeah, you live right down the street. Yeah, about a mile, but um, way closer. And... This will come up later, but we played show a lot of shows here later, but it was in, in like a rec room. Yes. So this is this is so in this the is gym. A, this is like a legit like the, the the radio station rented it out. They rented a stage. They got a sound guy. They pretty much because it was going to be an all ages thing, and it made sense to be an all ages thing because we weren't twenty one. We were kids. We were kids, so we had to be an all ages thing. We also shared this show with um this band called Saturday Sleeper. It was their last show. Who is the the singer of the band was one of the people that we were going to record with, but just I guess just a, no, didn't go. Yeah, but this was their last show. Awesome, they were a band in the scene for a while. They were more like the Christian band. Yeah, yeah, Christian, which band. is like a whole separate think, scene. Yeah, it's crazy that they there was a little mini kind of Christian scene, which I don't know anything a part of. Maybe we can get someone on your talk about it, but uh, <sighs> but they were a good band. They were awesome. a great band, they, dude. They were so much fucking better than us. They were, and that's why I think Holy I was shit. so stoked. They were like, "Oh, we're gonna play their last show." So we had two reasons. It was Saturday Sleepers' last and final show. Great local band, not just last, but also final. Final. I don't think they ever played again. No, <laughs> last. <laughs> Oh, you're just making fun of you're a fucking idiot. Yeah, yeah. I am a dumbass. Please point me out. <laughs> Our last and final show. <laughs> I'm so stupid. I'm such a fucking moron. I love you, buddy. Oh, thank you it's so okay. much. So their final show, RC release. Like two worlds, two reasons to come together. This is what it's like this when is, worlds collide. This is a party. This is a fucking party. And that show, I remember that show being fucking awesome. It was awesome. It was a packed packed gym. The sound sucked ass. I remember that. It was a gym. And how much, how much, how do you get a gym to sound good with, with that kind of stuff? I got an answer. You don't. You don't. It, it just, doesn't happen. It's just reverb and can't hear anything, but. It, it feels like a good idea if you don't know how sound works. It's a big, a big open space. You have a lot of people in there. No brainer. No brainer. <laughs> it's, yeah. Turns out you have to have no brain to go through with it. That's right. <laughs> but I remember a great show, you know, and um, Saturday Sleeper. Um, what was that guy's name? Aaron? Aaron Gray. Yes. If you're hearing this, thank you for combining those two shows. I think that poem, they had to like make an agreement to have that to happen. Something like that. Something yeah. like that. But it was a great show. And a lot of people bought that record, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> Our record. Not their. Not their. Yeah. Their records are all good. Their records are always great sounding. Cause yeah. That's why I wish we recorded at his studio. Yeah, uh, because he knew the kind of stuff he was doing. Yeah, and they were. They were. I, I, I like. I don't know if you went back and listened to those records. Now they still sound pretty sound good really to this good, day. Yeah. Oh, And yeah, it would have been better to record with him because like we were in the same pop rock punk kind exactly, of thing. Exactly, hundred percent. I think so, it was only three. We were the only two bands playing. I believe you. If right. I remember, I don't. So I don't remember anybody else I playing. I can't remember anyone else opening either. But yeah, great fucking show. Packed gym didn't sound great, but the memories were there. The memories are great. The memories were great. Some of them. Yes, <laughs> but once again, we we use this moment to reflect on the good times Sorry. and understand us as people now. And understand why you just farted. It doesn't smell bad. It doesn't. And understand. And I didn't take my lactate. I'm drinking this milkshake. Respect. Did, my fart didn't smell. Exactly. <laughs> and that, that keeps falling again. So I think that I'm was, having a, I'm having a hell of a time yes, right now. But I think that was a good time to end this episode. Okay. But yeah, that's the end of our first record. I think next time we'll go on to more of our big. This is also the start to our bigger shows. Yeah, cool that's true. bigger shows. We'll kind of get into those in our next episode. 
Um, once again, thank you for listening. We appreciate it. If you're listening to this before August 18th, 2023, please come to our re-return show at Mano Occulta. Am I saying that right? Yeah, that's right. Awesome. Thank you. You, you looked at me weird like I'm, I'm fucking it up. <laughs> that's just my face, dude. <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> what are you trying to say? I don't know. Okay. Um, if it's past that... Um, Future, future Nathan, a future Doug. Um, let me know how it went. Hopefully, yeah. uh, hopefully it turned out well. The show was. I'm not gonna. Um, if I remember, I'll put something. Maybe I'll maybe. But also at this time, our new record has come out. Do you put a clip here? Mm, yeah, I'll put a clip here. Yeah, I'll put a clip. Yeah, um, the mess inside of me. Out July it was out at this point. It came out July seventh. So be sure to three list. days after my thirtieth birthday. What a what a what, present. what a time. What a what gift. A, yeah, that's right. It's probably I would. It's probably some of our most prouder stuff. And we really love you. Let's do it on all spot. All the streaming platforms. Please check Deezer. it out. Yeah. These these nuts. <laughs> Sorry. Do you think they thought about that when they were naming their platform? One hundred percent. But the kids are going to say these nuts. Hell yeah. It's free marketing. So yeah, let's check out our new record. Um, check us out, the podcast on Instagram, Mustard and Ketchup Podcast. Um, Mustard and Ketchup 907 at gmail.com if you want to. If you were at any of those shows or did you buy Release the Kraken? Did you listen to Release the Kraken? What did you think at the time? Did you like it? Because I don't I like the time it was, but is it that good now? I don't know. I, I, email, need, I need a third party listen, in this to tell me. Em, if you've listened to that record email us and we can apologize to you yes there you go <laughs> so yeah, but yeah and then also noise underscore brigade at instagram and noise brigade type it in google first thing that pops up check us out and yeah next time we'll talk about some more bigger shows and some of that good stuff some of the stuff is good it is great stuff good times anyway i'm D- I'm all, I, oh, almost, I almost said i'm doug oh brother oh, i'm nathan i'm doug mustard and ketchup packet okay thank you okay <laughs>